Welcome back to Hallowed Histories with another ghost story for Christmas. And for our last story, we've got uh, Sally Harris in. Sally Harris's first novel, Havers Crossed, was published by Salt Publications on the 15th of May in 2019. But she's always been writing ghost stories. The stories of Omar James, Daphne du Maurier, Susan Hill, Sarah Waters and Kate Moss crowd her bookshelves at home, along with a children's stash of David Williams and J.K. Rowling. Her novel Havers Croft was also long-listed for Not to the Booker Prize in 2019 and was a semi-finalist in the Book Bloggers Novel of the Year Award in 2020. And today Sally's going to be reading for us her chilling short story, Daffodils. Uh, Daffodils by Sally Harris. It's over here. The boy, Alfred he says his name is, points deeper into the trees. Tom's breath is heavy as he stops at my shoulder. I've been stomping through the woods for a while now. It's disorientating. The silence, the weird screeching birds, the trees all look the same. We exchange a glance, look at the boy. About another minute, then you'll see it. It's really cool. Come on. The boy runs into the dim, shifting greenness of the woods. I shiver. It's cold in here after the scorching July sunshine. Tom's eyes are on my face as I stare after the boy. He's vanished without a sound, just a shadow and shafts of sunlight where he stood. I don't like it in here, I say. Let's go back. Don't be a wuss, Jess. There's nothing to be scared of, is there? Tom wants to see it. So do I, but not as much as Tom does. My older brother doesn't fool me with his teasing tone. He's nervous too. He takes my hand. We follow the boy. How are we going to get back, I say, looking over my shoulder. The wood is a dense wall folding in behind us as we take each step. The narrow paths intersected with bramble, fallen trees, tall lush nettles and disappears altogether in places. Over here! Alfred's voice is a whisper, carried along in the cool breeze rustling the leaves overhead. Not far now, says Tom. Who does he think he's kidding? He's no more idea than I have. If we don't find it in the next 30 seconds, we'll turn back. Mum said lunch at 1.30. We shouldn't be late. Tom never bothers with stuff like that. He cares, never cares about the time when he's doing something. His palm is hot and damp, our fingers slipping when he pulls me across a rotting tree trunk. I wish we'd stayed and helped Mum and Dad unpack the removals, Laurie. I'd rather be getting my room fixed than this. My voice is odd, quiet and distant, all my most like it belongs to someone else. Tom glances at me, smiles, but it isn't a real one, not a big cheeky Tom grin. Over here, you two, take a look at this. Come on, Jess, I know he's a bit weird. If you don't want to hang around, we'll head back, catch up with him tomorrow. Let's just take a quick look, yeah? I nod, Tom picks up a branch, thrashes a path through a patch of waist-high nettles. He didn't come this way, I say, not unless he got stung to death but Tom's not listening. He stops so abruptly, I bump into the back of him. He's warm through his thin cotton T-shirt. For a fraction of a second, he doesn't move. I can't see past him, the thicket too dense either side of us. Take a look, Jess. Tom runs ahead into a clearing. Massive trees arch overhead, a giant tent of leaves. The ground sinks away like a bowl, the sides bright green fern and bracken, funnelling down to a small derelict cottage. Only three outer walls still stand, the roof long gone, blank spaces instead of windows, 
and beside the gap for the front door, a smattering of buttery yellow daffodils. Ours finished months ago at home. They always do, just after my birthday. Wait, Tom. My brother vanishes through the dark, gaping hole where the front door must have been without a backward glance. I want to go home, but not on my own. What's so interesting about an old ruin anyway? I look over my shoulder, hear the wind sigh through the undergrowth. I'd get lost for sure. I place my feet in the crushed green dents Tom left in the mess of nettles and weed. He's taller, his legs longer than mine, so I half jump in places, twigs snag my canvas trainers and nettles sting my bare legs. I reach the bottom of the slope, look back up the hill. How did Alfred get here? The bank of green foliage ripples as the wind runs through it, only Tom's footprints. There must be another way. Tom! Flagstones, once a path at the front of the cottage, now slimy with weed-infested slime, continue through the front opening and cover the floor of the building. I can't see anyone inside. Tom! Come and play. It's better when there's more of us. I jump. Alfred stands behind me, a huge grin on his face. Did I scare you? He says, laughing, like he did it on purpose. Where did you come from, I say, my heart thumping my ribs, but he's already running into the cottage, vanishes into the dark space. I follow the boy, stare up to where the roof should be. Thick branches meet overhead, a hearth suspended halfway up one wall, deep pits in the brickwork where rafters used to be. Are you coming? Alfred's in the doorway, leading through to the rear of the building. He must have been running a lot. A thread of moisture trickles down his temple. He brushes it away with the back of his hand. Where's Tom? Waiting for you, he says hurry up. Alfred heads into the blackened space of the cottage. It smells of damp and wet ashes. I don't want to go there. Jess! A shiver gooses my flesh. The voice a cool whisper across the naked skin of my arms and legs. Where did it come from? I look about. Bright light streams through the front of the building. Nothing but trees, fern and bracken and the yellow nodding heads of the daffodils. I look back into the cottage. No sign of Alfred. No sign of Tom. No sign of anyone. The wind playing tricks. My imagination in overdrive. I can't stop shivering. Want to find Tom. I head through to the rear of the building, small square spaces I guess were kitchen, washroom and out into a courtyard surrounded by a low wall. Tom squats on the ground, his back to me. He's looking at something. You could have waited for me, I say as I run across the rough ground, stop and peer over his shoulder. An old white butler's sink is sunk into the ground, full of brackish water, the stench of rotting leaves hangs heavy in the air. Tom stirs the contents with his stick. What are you doing, I say. Tom doesn't react, carries on stirring the brown liquid, pulling sludgy, rotting debris out with the stick. A flick of his wrist, black, stringy slime flings into the air, splashes against my bare shins. I scream, jump backwards, the sludge dribbles down my trainers, long strands cling to my skin. I hate you, Tom, I say, wiping my hand along my shin. Why did you do that? I kick at his back, but he's too quick. Jumping to his feet, he turns to run. Run, Jess, run! 
He leans towards me as he shouts in my face, but his lips aren't moving. It's like he's shouting inside my head, and a terrible smell comes off him. He's dripping wet, head to toe. How I haven't seen it before, I don't know. His hair is plastered to his scalp, his T-shirt and shorts clinging to his body and legs. One of his new Nike trainers is missing, his naked foot slimed in mud. Run, Jess! His words echo in my head. I run back towards the ruined cottage, realise Tom isn't coming too. He's standing with a stick in his hand and drips. His face isn't right. I want to cry. My throat is tight, my heart thudding so hard it thrums a rhythm against my eardrums. Run! I trip over my own feet as I hurtle towards the cottage, end up on my knees, the heels of my hands scraping across the gravel and stones. Alfred stands in the doorway, hands on hips, a smile on his lips. Don't go so soon. Come and look at this. I'm shaking so badly, my teeth chatter. Alfred scares me. His smile is cold, his eyes blank. I get to my feet, blood runs from my knee, the heels of my hands stinging. At what? I stammer. Alfred walks past me, towards Tom, towards the heap of old stones in the corner of the yard. He stops behind, beside the stones. I look at Tom. Why doesn't he move, his eyes fixed on mine, dark and vacant? Tom's not in there. I look back at the boy. Come look, he points at the stones. I shake my head, want to run, but my feet feel like lead. You'll like it, promise. Like what? I take a step towards the boy. I don't know what else to do. Come on, he says, and turns away from me, looks at the stones. I take another step, another two steps. The stones were once a circular wall, collapsing now in several places, and there's something amongst them, a dark space, a hole. I stoop and pick up a pebble. Alfred turns towards me and grins. Come on. I toss the pebble, watch it glide through the warm air, rise and then begin to fall down into the dark space. Alfred watches me. I watch him. A second, two or three more pass in total silence. From somewhere, deep down, a splash. I run, my ears strain, but I don't hear the boy behind me. I run through the cottage, Sounds like dozens of small, scampering feet over twigs and leaves, scuffing the rough, stony ground, snap at my heels. I keep running, running, running as fast as I can. I reach the cottage door, glance back, looking for Tom. Deep inside my head I hear him. Run, Jess, run, don't stop. Keep running, my face wet, my throat so parched I can't cry out. I follow the tracks we made up the bank, reach the summit where the trees marshal together. I dip through their sappy branches and for a second pause and look back. Wind ripples the undergrowth, the blackened cottage walls marooned in a shifting ocean of green. No one follows me, no weird boy, no Tom. Even the daffodils are gone, only the wind and the silence remain. The Hallett Histories podcast was hosted by me, Richard Shepard, and produced and recorded at the UEA's Media Suite. Find out more about us at hallett-histories.org or write to us at hallethistories at gmail.com. Also, why not check out our YouTube channel, 
and our social media on Instagram. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>